fate has no mercy. Kevin, we were uh, some months ago when we did our. I don't think anyone's been waiting for this. Maybe us. <laughs> we've been waiting for this. We've been waiting for this movie at least, right? Yeah, no shit. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a good minute, like since the first like teaser dropped. Yes, and you know, last year when we were discussing Mister Mister Ager's first two films and our feelings on those and, and his hatred for birds that we'll get into here. <laughs> yes. His absolute abomination for birds. Um, now that it's here and we've both seen it and we've been able to digest it. Uh, I'm going to let you kick this one down the road first. Cause we haven't talked really at all about your feelings. You were texting me while you were watching it, just some random little, you know, goofy tidbits and here and there. But your actual feelings on the movie, I'm kind of completely in the dark. So I figured I would let you kick it off. You know my feelings already. Yeah. Uh, I fucking loved it. Like, All right. Well, that's the show, folks. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't have, I don't have shit bad to say about this, which is no surprise coming off of, you know, I, I love the other Eggers movies. I hesitated to watch The Witch for years because everyone said it was bad. Like, everyone I yeah. know was like, yeah, The Witch fucking sucks. That movie's terrible. And I was like, oh, cool. I just won't watch it. <laughs> and then I think I watched The Lighthouse before I watched The Witch. And I was like, well, I fucking... I have to watch it now. And I love both of those. So I was very excited for this and definitely not let down at all. This movie yeah. kicks fucking ass. And it is... I feel like it's something we don't get very often in movies anymore. It is a 
fucking cut and dry A to B movie. Like, it is like the beginning and he's like, I'm going to do this thing. And then he does the thing and the movie's over. Like, <laughs> exactly. dude, what <laughs> yeah. the fuck? Like, and somehow it's, I feel like not a lot happens. Like, that's the whole plot of the movie. Like, he says he's going to do this thing. He does this thing. That is it. And somehow, yeah. with it being two hours, it's not boring at all. Yeah, dude. I mean, two hours. I just, I just looked it up because I couldn't remember exactly the runtime. I thought it was like two. I thought it was like two and a half exactly. It's two hours and seventeen. Um, there's plenty of meat on the bone, but I mean, there's to me, there's not an ounce of fat. And I think the only thing that I've really thought about, I, I, I'm, I'm similar with you. I mean, I don't have really anything negative. The further I get from it, um. You know, I did the initial watch and then I kind of went back. I haven't done a full rewatch. I mean, I just watched it two weeks ago, but I went back and I started just wanting to see scenes again, you know, just like yeah. moments. And dude, the thing that kind of is living in my mind is like reading all this shit that Eggers has put out since the movie's release, talking about like feeling so discouraged by the post-production process and feeling like, you know, he he didn't he like, it, he's like kind of indicating that he did get final cut but it's not the final cut maybe that he had initially like had in mind like he almost kind of forced himself to trim it down because of so much like you know external pressure on him during the filming and i, I you know i haven't had enough time to really kind of fully jump in and, and really take in all the details but it it's it's kind of amazing to me to even consider that there's something in this movie that he might be maybe dissatisfied with as far as the end product goes, because dude, I thought it was just fucking perfect. And yeah, I thought as it I was, was watching it or as I started to watch it, I had that in my mind. I was like, I know that he was kind of bummed about studio input and, you know, changes that were pressured. And then, you know, by the time I got through it, I had totally forgotten about that. I was, and then, you know, it popped into my head again and I was like, wait, how could you be bummed about this at all? Like how much different of a movie could you have made? This is incredible. I think that if there was studio pressure, it was the right studio pressure because I think this is great. Yeah, that's the only, I mean, the only thing I could think of was like, you know, did they, um, maybe there's like, you know, there is a director's cut down the road that's much more, you know, much bigger in length or maybe maybe like, maybe you know, it has a little bit more fat on it that wasn't necessary that he wanted to put in the movie yeah like some of the i was thinking about you know some of the lore that's in this like you know i mean he's a dude who you know we've seen it with the witch as far as like the new like the new england like folklore and you know with um with the lighthouse and that you know that really getting era. into the period Right, like just being so enveloped in these periods and like just really being like a sponge for all the details and stuff. And I think like if if anything, maybe he just wanted to just take it way too far and they were just like, look, man, like even though these details are like impressive and like, you know, your ability to sort of retain all this knowledge and want to just, in, you know, inject all of it within the story, like it doesn't really make sense. It's not necessary for the story. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't want to speak really without knowing all the details, but I just can't help but think like, in this case, it feels like the studio did it, it 
they did it right, <laughs> you know, as far as like the direction that they were giving him. Or right, you know, yeah. I mean, sometimes the, the studio they, is right. Like, it's not always a thing where that's bad, you know. Right, and I know, like, I don't want to say this without rewatching. I mean, like I said, I've probably seen The Witch now. I think I've seen The Witch like three times, front to back. I know I've seen the lighthouse. Probably same. I know I've seen the lighthouse at least twice, front to back. I've watched, I've watched scene. It's another one of those movies where I want to go watch scenes from it, you know, over and over. And so I'm not going to say anything until I rewatch this at least one more time. But dude, hey, it's free on Peacock. Yeah, I mean, for it's, those it's, who don't know, it's free on Peacock, and I've gotten Peacock for things before where something says it's like coming to Peacock, and then you make an account and you get on there and it's like Peacock Premium. And I'm like, how about you go fuck yourself? This <laughs> is you get on there, you watch one commercial at the top and I thought it was going to be riddled with commercials. Yeah, You watch one commercial at the top, boom, whole movie, free, good yeah. to go. Sidebar little tangent real quick. I remember when Peacock first got announced, I kind of did the biggest eye roll of all time. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. Another- I'm still doing that. Fuck Peacock. Dude, look, as a fucking, as a a former like hardcore WWE nerd and now today like a novice rewatcher, I basically just want to go watch all the shit I used to watch when I was a kid, but I'm still watching some of the new shit. Uh, either way, the fact that they've bundled the WWE network into Peacock, their See, movie I selections. I did not know that. Yeah, so that's part of it. Their movie selections are not bad. Um, you know, for just your average movie watcher. TV selection. So, like, we just started watching Yellowstone, which, by the way, fucking rocks. Another thing that I thought I was going to hate and I absolutely love. Damn it, now I got to um, fucking watch that. Fuck you. Dude, I'm telling you, like, for the price point is what I'm getting at with Peacock. The price point for the version that you said that you signed up for, yeah, I don't mind watching a commercial at the top to be able to watch the en- entirety of the Northman in HD. For you know, literally like, free. Zero dollars. Yeah, I mean, yeah, essentially free. It's like Peacock is like six ninety nine a month, dude. Like, it's free. No, it's like I just made an account, the free account, and it's oh Peacock, really? It's free. Damn. Yeah, that's what well, I'm maybe, saying. I think I'm paying because I. Okay, so I, I think you have maybe to, the, you probably have to pay for the WWE shit. Yeah, and stuff maybe that's like what that. it is. Okay. All right. Well, we've cleared that up. So, getting back to the Northman. What I was gonna say though, like you know, I owe this movie a rewatch because I want to submit my feelings, but. My immediate feelings upon watching the movie two weeks ago, I can't stop fucking thinking about it. Yeah. And then going back and watching certain scenes, dude, it's just like, it's my, my favorite thing I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Like, and I think it's got to be my favorite of his movies so far because it, it to me, it almost feels like a meshing of things that I loved about the witch and things that I loved about the lighthouse. But it, as you stated, and I'm glad that you stated it that way. Cause I think it's a great way to put it. It's like, it's the, it's one of the, it's one of the most sleek fatless, like straightforward stories as far as like telling you what it's going to be being precisely that. Yeah, exactly what it says it's going to be, but just doing it in this, presentation that's just fucking glorious dude I mean this movie is gorgeous to look at I told you going into it before you watched it I was like I was getting a lot of like Aronofsky vibes watching yeah, it the fountain for sure yes like dude I'm telling you like all of that like center framing fucking 
cinematography where like you know so many characters are just being shot like you know that uh, the what is it like the asymmetrical like composition where they're right in the middle of the screen the score gives me super hardcore fountain vibes like just there's even a giant ghost tree (laughs) exactly a ghost tree and like our main character like basically like descending into the you know okay spoilers for the Northman clearly but you know at the end of the movie our main character like fulfilling his mission and then you know rising into the afterlife like it dude it just it triggered like all these fucking kind of emotions and stuff and and what and it's also just the acting is incredible in it dude from fucking everyone like if I have any complaint about the movie I just wish it had more of what Ethan Hawke is doing yeah because holy shit dude <laughs> he was fucking yeah he kicks so- fucking ass he was so awesome in the beginning of this. Like I kind of thought like he was just going to be Ethan Hawke in a fucking beard and a and you know a wig. But no, he's as he's as enveloped in his character as fucking Willem Dafoe, which uh, and then we got to talk about Willem Dafoe, his brief little stint in this being fucking amazing. You know, Anya Taylor-Joy, Skarsgård, they're both fucking great. Um the dude who plays his uncle that he's going to get revenge on. Yeah. Uh, Kleis Bang. I don't. Yeah, I looked I, him up. I I'm not super familiar, but he's incredible. Fucking awesome. And it's that's the thing. It's like, and what I like too is that you, I mean, you have like a, of course, you have like a hatred for that character, but at the same time, it's like just being like in the time period that you're in, and there's like very early on this indication that you know. He's he's done what he's done for a good reason for like the greater good of maybe the kingdom or whatever and and then like you kind of learn later on through the whole like twist with you know um, Skarsgård and Nicole Kidman that fucking scene is well that's what I was gonna so say wild. is like I don't even know if I don't even know if I had hatred for him for Fjolnir like you hate Nicole Kidman's character. So much. Oh, at a certain point, yeah, you definitely. But like, <laughs> even like even through the whole movie until that point, like you, at least me, I almost didn't have like this, you know, crazy hatred for Fjolnir. Like he's just doing what he he thought had to be done. You know, yeah. The, the king is not doing his part. He's a fucking dipshit. We got to get him out of here. Fucking kill him, you know? Whatever. What What are you going to do? You know, right. it's it's not like you're going to vote him out. This is not a fucking democracy. So that's that's <laughs> yeah. just what happens. But then when you find out that like, he's not the giant asshole. She is. She's fucking evil. Yeah. And it's, and she's, I think she's like kind of the perfect actress. I think I've seen some criticism and I kind of understand this is like people saying like, Nicole Kidman looks very out of place this movie because she's had so much fucking work done. Dude, she looks like fucking... Uh, <laughs> oh my God, so there was there was a scene... Um, oh, I can't even think of his fucking name now. Uh, uh, fucking uh, purple guy from Avengers. Uh, Josh Brolin. Oh, yeah. Okay. What the fuck is his name? Thanos? Uh, Thanos, that's the one. God damn. See, I, I don't watch this shit. There was a scene where, dude, her like jaw is so fucking big. I was like, dude, that's Thanos. <laughs> that's, that's Josh Brolin. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, uh, she's a, uh, 
spend some money, let's say, on that. But hey, uh, more power to her, whatever. Do what you got to do. Yeah, you know. But, I mean, I, I kind of get that criticism. Um, it's just like a brief thing where someone said it just kind of took him out of, like, that scene that we're talking about where she's acting like, you know, extra, extra evil. And she's just like, her face is not expressing just emotion at completely all. Completely frozen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, I get it. Um, I, and I think uh, maybe the only other thing that it didn't necessarily bother me, I liked it by the end, but initially I was kind of iffy on is when suddenly like Anya Taylor-Joy and Skarsgård like, like fall in love and they're like fucking. Yeah, just in a split second. Yeah, like it just kind of happened out of nowhere. And I was kind of like, at first I was like, I mean, I kind of just enjoyed their, the portrayal of them as just like partners. Companions, yeah. Yeah, like companions and like both trying to find a way to fulfill a certain, you know, a a certain fate or a certain mission that they're on. Um, By the end of it, of course, I did really enjoy it because it just adds more, you know, more weight to to what he ultimately is trying to accomplish and everything, but but also yeah. I mean like what what are they going to do? Go out to dinner? Like you know it's it's either going to happen or it's not. Like they're not going to fucking <laughs> they're not going to text for a couple weeks and then yeah like fuck around. Like well, I guess I guess what I'm saying is like it for a brief second it felt like a, a more of a portrayal of like his character because mm. it just he just felt like the kind of human that's just so thoroughly driven by vengeance and revenge that he doesn't care about anything else like this. You know what I mean? Like it would almost be like, like he would be like asexual on accident. It's what I yeah. guess what I'm getting at. Oh, it's and like, it's like that thing just like plowing her in the middle of the woods. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> I feel like it's like that thing. Like, you know, it's like, it's fate. You can't help who you love. Like, you know, if it happens, it happens. Like, Right. You can't decide not to love her because you have to get revenge. And like, that's, I mean, that's even a major part of the movie is like, you have to choose between kindness for your kin or hate for your enemies. Like, without that, without that love, that almost wouldn't fucking mean anything because, you know, his family sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even his dad was a fucking prick. Like, yeah. So, you know, when it gets to the point where you have to choose between kindness for your kin and hatred for your enemies, there's no one left to be kind to except for the woman you love, like, because your your family is dead to you and then actually dead. No, that's a good point. And and I think narratively, I I had less of a problem with it than I did. Maybe just like the optics of it. Like I was just watching and I'm just sitting there thinking like, isn't Anya Taylor-Joy like 22 and Skarsgård's like in his like mid to late 40s? <laughs> and like, Don't think about it too hard. No, I know. Yeah. It was just more like, man, he's got to look like that and he gets to do that. This is not right. <laughs> that Dude, that is a giant man. He is. Yeah. He's huge. Dude, yeah. there was a scene. There's a scene towards the end uh, when when he wakes up in that pool which is like a really fucking beautiful scene. Just like that way drawn back shot of that green ass mountain. And he's just in this tiny little hot spring. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she's sitting there holding his hand. And she has two hands (laughs) around one of his hands. Yeah. And his hands are like bigger than my head. I was like, dude, I, I brought it up to Danielle. I was like, dude, look how fucking huge his hands are. 
Both of her hands are wrapped around his like one thumb. Yeah. He is a monster of a human. Goddamn Swedes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Megan asked me, she's like, she's like, how do you think he got like that big? And I was just like, born in Sweden. <laughs> I was like, uh, well, I can tell you it's not just from chicken and broccoli <laughs> and lifting weights. <laughs> My man was uh, taking the Mexican supplements. Let's say it that way. He was ripping out dudes' throats with his <laughs> mouth. Um, but, I mean, the plot as far as breaking that down, I mean, it's fairly fucking simple. A young Viking prince, you know, watches his father be murdered in the woods by his uncle and swears that one day he will he will avenge him and he's going to save his mother who gets you know from his perspective taken away by the by the uncle and um that's exactly what happens it just takes a little bit of time yeah <laughs> like, as it would yeah of course you know you got to grow up you got to be a fucking roided out but yeah he uh, and- he spends his adolescence uh turning into a literal wolf um, pretty much yeah and uh, I mean he rips a dude's throat out with his mouth yeah pillaging uh, literally pillaging villages yes murdering children and women and well that's that is something I did notice is like when they attack like that village and that long incredible fucking sequence um, vast majority of the sequence is done in, like a single shot um, I think there's some hidden cuts in there I didn't really analyze it too hard I was just trying to take it in but I just was kind of noticing like the techniques, you know, going around buildings and shit like that. I right. Like, oh, I think there's some hidden cuts in here. But regardless, it's still a great scene. Um, but I did notice that he is like one of the only, got, I don't know what to call him, like only Vikings in this crew or whatever that's not going after women and Oh, yeah, he just walks right past them. Yeah, he's going directly to like the guards, you know, the warriors of this village, the which also allows him to not get fucking murdered. Because like, why would you pay any attention to the people that aren't a threat? Yeah, you could be killing some woman, and then some dude sneaks up behind you and slits your throat. Like, yeah, let's be logical here. Pay attention to the threats. Get those out of the way. Then you can burn the buildings down with the women and children inside. I know the shot has it was in the trailer too, but. I just, every time I see it, I just like laugh with gleeful joy every time they fucking, like when they started off, someone throws that spear. Dude, it's the hardest shit ever. It's like, oh my God, this is so sick. Yeah. And he's just fucking climbing that wall with these two axes in his hand, lifting himself up and. Unreal. It's the toughest shit I've ever seen. Like, it's so sick. Um, and then yeah, they they pillage this fucking village, and it ends with them just pushing all the children into one house, into one house, <laughs> setting it on fire. I was like, "Who boy, yeah, this is uh, this is wild." Um, and then he goes back and he uh, avenges his father. Uh, in quotes, saves his mother, and yeah. uh, he kills Fjolnir. Yeah. Yeah, he accomplishes his goal for sure. So, uh, yeah, it's a very uh, A to B linear, straight line, cut and dry plot. Do you think this is 
do you think this is definitely? I mean, this is definitely the most mainstream of his three movies that I think like more mainstream like audiences can enjoy. But even so, I've still seen like complaints basically about it being too artsy, too slow. Too, yeah, I feel like, like I've seen more complaints than I've seen praise from yeah. like people that we know. Like, I, and I've seen it get shit on online a lot. And I've seen people compare it to uh, like Gladiator in praise yeah. and in negative ways. But like, that's a good, I think that's a good comparison. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I, right. I mean, I think this is a real movie and we don't get those as often as we should. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that's, you know, if nothing else, it's it's a tragedy that it got the uh, the overall, you know, reception it did, let's say from the box office standpoint, because they'll be sure to never do this for him ever again. <laughs> like, you know, they're never going to give him $90 million or whatever the hell it was ever again to make another one of these. Um, because, yeah, it's not going to recoup that money anytime soon. I'm sure it will eventually over time. It seems like it's kind of drawing a bigger crowd, you know, through the streaming services and um, maybe it'll generate somewhat of like a cult following and things like that. And if nothing else, introduce them to his other movies, maybe, uh, you know, open up the minds to, to those because yeah, I mean, out of the three, I would say, I would say the lighthouse is like the least accessible one. Um, I think you gotta be like really of a certain ilk to watch the lighthouse and be like, yo, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> like, I think that one's going to get the most, feedback of like what the fuck did I just watch yeah that movie is I mean I I said that after that movie was over I said that I think multiple times through that movie and I yeah. loved it yeah but, I, I mean to this day when the movie's over and it ends I'm still like I I don't know you know I mean <laughs> I have no fucking idea <laughs> but that's but that's great I like that you know um this one this one ends and you know that yep that's it yeah, exactly yep, uh-huh like, um I mean even the witch I don't think you know, it, it's it's a little bit ambiguous in its own way. It's not as ambiguous as the lighthouse, but um, well, it's ambiguous enough that from the trailer of this movie, people thought that maybe the witch and the Northmen were in the same universe because it's got that scene with Anya Taylor Joy on the boat where it looks like she's fucking casting a spell or something, but actually yeah. she's just like screaming, right? And people were speculating that like that is the same character from the witch because that's how it ends. It's like she kind of floats up and becomes the witch or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like she was like reborn in the witch or whatever because that's like what? Almost a thousand years later. This is like 850 AD. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're back in the single digits. Yeah. Um, what was your uh, what was your favorite scene? Um, I really like I really like the scene let me think. There are two that like really stand out to me because they're they're different. I really like the scene with Bjork where he kind of like learns that his fate has changed and that he has to do this thing a different way. You know, he was like, I was prophesized to drown my father's killer in a sea of flame or whatever. And he's like, Oh, now I have to go do this other thing. I thought that was really cool. I like the way that scene was put together and the visuals in that Bjork's fucking costume is insane. Yeah. 
It's um, so cool to see her in something like this, just being wild. You know what I mean? Yeah, just being Bjork. Yeah, and then um, <laughs> the scene where he gets the sword, where he fights the fucking Draugr, and it's this like crazy epic battle, and then it like he's standing there, and you see this like visible confusion in him, and he's looking over at the throne. And then the camera pans over and he's just kneeling there. And you're like, dude. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Yeah. That, um, yeah, that's. That was uh, definitely my overall favorite scene because it's like, it's so much different than the rest of the combat scenes. It's so much different visually than anything else. You know, it's not this vibrant green or on fire. It's just like black and white almost where, you know, it's the darkness and then you've got the light, which is like the good and he has to get this darkness into the light to get the sword. And then it turns out that that fucking just didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, it's. I'm so glad you called it out. Um, it's it's my favorite scene in the movie, too. Um, I just thought it was so... First of all, it's incredibly well-directed, as you just stated. It has a lot of fun, like, little camera tricks and things going on in it that make even the audience kind of question what... Like, what what did we just watch? You know what I mean? It puts you, it's so great because it puts you in that same state of mind as the main character. You know, you're now you're questioning that you're questioning everything else. You know, it, you're just, you're lost. But, um, but the fight itself, I just, I just love like, it's, it's really part of a, a bigger thing with this movie. Again, talking about how much it develops this, you know, this look and this feel of this time, so long ago like i mean just worlds away from where we could ever imagine being and like um and it injects like this majesty into it this magic and this yeah. you know this mystical element and um i mean you can appreciate this but i was just watching it thinking about like you know this just feels like a boss fight in a video game or something oh dude like, i've been playing so much dark souls lately and that was like <laughs> yeah. right up my fucking alley i was That's like god I mean. damn brother get behind him fucking Hit the hit the critical backstab. Get behind him. Dude. But yeah, it, but I think it that scene also, um, because there's a lot of stuff in the beginning where they kind of, you know, there's like the sorcerer, Willem Dafoe, and there's like this this kind of hinting at like magic um of sorts. And, you know, even Anya Taylor Joy, she's like, You can, you know, break men's bones, I can break their minds. Right. And it, it they kind of hint at like this magic. Yeah. And I think that scene kind of breaks that where you're like, okay, so it's all just kind of like fantasy. Yeah. Like there is no, you're, you're seeing and hearing what you want. You're manifesting what you want to do. There right. is no actual magic. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, um, <clears throat> and, it does to me feel very separate. I mean, not just in combat sense, but that scene just feels very different from anything else in the film. Um, because it's, it's, it's brutal, but he's like, you know, he's fighting something that doesn't bleed. You know what I mean? Like he's fighting like the, you know, it's, it's dust and it's old and it's like, you know, is it even like a living being? Is he fighting like, you know, a ghost? Like what is, it's just, that's what I love about it. Like it's it's ambiguous, it's mysterious, it's mis it's mystifying. Um, and I just thought it was so fucking cool. It was one of the coolest scenes I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, that just I mean, in the middle of a movie that I was, it that's already awesome. It felt like 
a different thing. You know what I mean? Like we just took like a little left turn real quick to take this little detour and then we'll get back to where we're at. And it also um, is like a perfect split point that ties the beginning and the end together. Like, right. And it's, I think it's just like the perfect separation of, you know, your first half, your second half. You've got this little thing in the middle that is totally different. Yeah. That just sends everything into a fucking spiral. Yeah. Um, and I love the, uh, another scene I wanted to call out. I mean, we've, I already mentioned how much I, I wish that Ethan Hawke was in more of this, but you know, just that entire scene where he takes him into that fucking dungeon with Willem Dafoe and basically they just trip balls <laughs> and they're crawling oh, yeah. around and they're, they're talking about like, you know, conjuring their animalistic side and fucking dude. Like I, I just, it's just so cool when you get to see like, I mean, I love Ethan Hawke. He's a great actor. I've loved him in so much different shit, but you know, I feel like I've never seen him like go to that place. You know what I mean? Or like, like play in that way, basically on screen where he's literally on his fucking hands and knees, like, you know, basically naked, like just acting like a dog. And you know, it, it, it was just something so fucking like, wild about that scene yeah <laughs> like, I was, like, it was just give me this like yeah it was like it was just giving me this like energy rush where i was like dude this is fucking crazy you know what i mean like um and yeah obviously like you know the village you know the village being pillaged by him and and those those vikings is is awesome um i i wish that the final fight was longer the final fight felt like maybe like a victim of the editing bay. You know what I mean? Like maybe something that got like trimmed down by the studio. I don't maybe, know. Did you, feel, did you feel like it was like kind of abrupt compared to like all that lead up and it just felt like it was just done, like over? I did, but I didn't feel like it needed to be any longer. It's like they're both already worn down. I mean, he had just been stabbed like 40 fucking times right, by this kid, yeah. you know, fucking cut by his mom. And then, you know, homeboy's over here just like whole life completely wrecked. Fjolner's fucked. He's like, you know, whatever. We're going to, we're not going to yeah. do this here. I'm he was gonna ready go. to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think like, I think that's it. I think both of them went into that knowing that they weren't going to make it out of there. I mean, right. you're, you're breathing in all that fucking smoke anyways. It's like you're, you're that high up on a volcano fighting. That's yeah. that's pretty much it for you. I didn't think it <laughs> needed to be any longer. And it was, I mean, very fucking epic for how short it was. Oh, yeah. And the, the way that it ended is not how I expected. I expected, you know, I expected him to kill Fjolnir and then just like lay down and die. Yeah. Because, I mean, he was f totally fucked up. Arm yeah. just like hanging on by a thread. Millions of stab wounds in his back. Bleeding out. Yeah. But, I love that. I love that visual, though, of the Valkyrie carrying him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, it's they show awesome. It, they show it multiple times, and I'm just like, that's so fucking cool. <laughs> like, and that was probably like, you know, that was to me the most memorable, like, you know, cue from the score that just like carried with me, like the Valkyrie carrying him or whatever, and the screams that it lets out as it's carrying you. Um, no, nah, yeah, I thought, I thought it, it, it's, it, it it's a good scene, uh, regardless how, if I feel like it was maybe abrupt or whatever, um, I guess in my head, I was just kind of like, man, I felt like they could have just, just duked it out so much longer. They could have fucking, you know, um, maybe interjected like some dialogue, but then I don't know, maybe that's like the typical movie thing. That's why Eggers doesn't go down that road or, or what, but, um, yeah, I mean, 
also the entire two hours of this movie, we've seen Skarsgård swinging a sword around. We don't need it for five minutes at the end. Right. No, yeah. No, I agree. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. Especially like, like they're like both naked. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, this is about to be a fucking, this is about to be a throwdown. And then within like two minutes, you know, one gets his head cut off. The other one gets fucking stabbed to the chest. I was like, oh, well. That's it. So I love the way that's filmed too, because I didn't realize at first that he had been stabbed through the yeah. chest. I had the same. I had the same reaction. I was like, oh, I was like, oh fuck. shit, he fucking got him. And then he like <laughs> falls back, and you're like, oh shit, he fucking got him. <laughs> yeah, they got each other. Fuck. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. I, it's like I feel like I could go like scene by scene and just talk like you know gush over it. Um, yeah, I could talk about this movie for for a minute and I, I definitely want to I, I was hoping I would watch it twice before we did this but I definitely need to watch it again soon because oh yeah it's just like sitting in my mind and you know I'm still so close to it I just watched it yesterday but right I've just been thinking about it all day I'm like damn dude that movie fucking rules it's so good I mean every yeah to me every little element of it I mean I like that it's broken down and like to the parts you know what I mean um and I uh again I mean I I always attest to like wanting to see what the director's vision truly was especially writer directors you know what I mean um if there's I will most definitely watch a director's cut of this one day if it gets released you know that would be sick means. um but I'm not I'm not convinced that it's going to I don't know if it's necessary and yeah. I I feel I almost feel like Eggers is not the dude to do that. Right. Yeah, I feel like he's like one of the guys who's like I mean like Michael Mann is like this. Michael Mann releases director's cuts of his movies all the time and I can think I don't think there's a single one that I've seen that improved upon the theatrical cut like ever. Um notoriously one of his almost uh, tries to make you not like the the film uh, Miami Vice. The theatrical cut of Miami Vice has the greatest cold opening of any film of all time. It's my all time favorite cold opening, and the director's cut completely gets rid of it and tacks on this like seven minute scene, and then the original cold open happens, and it's like what the fuck? <laughs> like this like, completely ruined it. Like you can't have a fucking movie cold open, boom, hard on you know fucking Jay-Z and Lincoln Park and you got Jamie Foxx and Colin Farrell drinking mojitos watching bitches strip like it doesn't get any better than that what are you doing like, <laughs> <laughs> don't take that out <laughs> to show me some artsy shots of fucking speedboats you dickhead um, but no I mean look if if you've listened to our episodes before when we talked about the witch about the lighthouse and you were like these dudes are fucking crazy those movies are pretentious as shit art house fucking turds. I think you'd like this one much more than you would like those. On the other hand, if you listen to those episodes and you've thoroughly agreed and you're a Robert Eggers fan, you'll love you have this. not seen this. Oh my God. Do I have good news for you? <laughs> like you are going to absolutely fucking adore this. At least I think you will. Um, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't, especially yeah, if you like his style and you know, what you're getting into going into it, it it delivers on every level. I feel like, the, I, like I said, I even feel like this is a movie that, you know, the quote unquote normies 
are really going to dig, you know, just people that want to watch like a gnarly, violent revenge, you know, folktale. Basically, it's just what this is, man. It's just, it, it, it's a movie that we don't get anymore. It's, you know, it's, it's just made with a level of, uh, a level of attention to detail that I don't think there's like a handful of guys that can do this, you know, make movies yeah. like this. That, yeah. Or that at least like, at least that's the thing I love about Eggers is like, dude, like he's always just swinging for the fence. You know what I mean? Like even on the, like the lighthouse is probably his one movie where it's like, not all the shit for me lands. Sometimes it just feels like you're going way too far, you know, but I have respect for it because it's like, but no one else is doing this. You right. know what I mean? Like no one else is just going for it like this. And that's, Again, like that, that's what I loved about this. But for me in this one, they all landed everything. I was just like, yeah, this fucking rocks. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything else I can say. So you motherfuckers heard us watch the Northman. And if you haven't already and you made it this far, you're an idiot. Because <laughs> uh, we just spoiled the whole movie. <laughs>